The Cambridge Dictionary defines the verb grace as being in a place and making it look more attractive. Well, that's the thing about parenthood. Sometimes it's the last thing you think when you hear that word. But to us, for something to be beautiful, I mean truly beautiful, it has to be imperfectly perfect. There is no right way to be a parent. There is only doing it to the best of your ability. And that is what we define as growing with grace. Welcome to our podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. Sorry we were gone for a little bit, but we had other things that were really important to us that we needed to take care of. And we are back with episode 14. In this episode, we're going to talk about boundaries and what they mean to us and how we manage them. Hello, happy people. It's Tyla. I'm just here to remind you to check us out on social media. Our Instagram is at Grown with Grace Podcast. We also have a website, which I've been slacking and haven't been updating, but you can find us there at growingwithgracepodcast.com. And we'd love to hear from you. So please send us an email to growingwithgracepodcast at gmail.com, or you can send us a message through our website. And if you like what you hear, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Please follow us and share with your friends. All right, let's get started. So why don't we start with what boundaries mean to each of us? Ty, what do you think boundaries mean for you? So I think boundaries for me are not artificial, but these kind of road, it's like a roadmap or the lines, right? Like, so when you drive and there's the lines that you have to stay in when you're on the road, Mm -hmm. it's basically like setting those road lines for your life. So it kind of keeps you in track or in check of where you're going, what you need to do, <clears throat> what turns to take, et cetera, basically allows you to keep healthy relationships with yourself and with others. And yeah, that's how I kind of define what a, what a boundary is. That's interesting. I, I didn't think of it in a holistic term like that. I, I feel it's more for me anyways, a social um dependent like on who who it is that you are setting these boundaries with but holistically that that's a really good analogy to talk about how you know it's kind of like the guidelines keeping you on the road for me it's more of an emotional thing and I know that there's more than emotions there as well but it's more of setting boundaries um with people but now that you said that in my head I'm like well you know you can set boundaries for yourself with certain things other than people as well Mm -hmm. like technology or like work or anything else that goes on in your life um, to make sure that you are staying on track. So that's really, it's an interesting point of view to look at it like that. Yeah. I think I don't, I honestly too, when we were talking about this episode, I had not thought about it in the way that I just described it. Mm -hmm. I literally had thought about it the same way that you were probably thinking about it, like setting boundaries within my personal relationships and people that I know Mm-hmm. But the more I was thinking about it, I was thinking about how, no, that's not necessarily true. Like you said, we set boundaries every single day with all of the things that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it's really interesting way to look at it. And when we had first talked about this, doing this episode um, a week ago, that's Im- immediately what came to mind. So um, we got to be kind of careful the, how we talk now, just because it, we're starting to get a few more listeners and people are letting us know that they're listening in and not that we've ever said anything bad, but we just want to be, make sure that we're being considerate of everyone's feelings while being remaining truthful to everyone who's listening. And for me, when we had first talked about it, it was definitely setting boundaries, personal boundaries with people and family, because in the last mm-hmm. week, um, I think I had mentioned it when we had made a post about it, but we had, um, family members come up and kind of out of the blue and, it was, you know, really nice to see family, the family members and to, to meet with them. It's been a while, but it definitely just brought up some, I don't, it just brought emotions. up emotions and feelings and hard things that, you know, how do you, how do you maintain these, you know, these standards for yourself and your family and while allowing, you know, interactions to happen, but in mm-hmm. a safe and good environment. So I have one thing to say to that mm-hmm. kind of going back to one of the first things that you said about what we say on our podcast and we have to be considerate and mindful of who's listening. Mm -hmm. My words are the truth hurts, baby. The truth hurts. (laughs) I think that there's a way to say it though. There's definitely a way to say things. I know sounding as though we're, you know, attacking people because that's not our intention. Our intention is not to attack those who have 
we've had, you know, negative experiences with, it's more of to just let people in on the, you know, shed light on the things that are difficult and hard and how we've gotten through it. And it's not about bashing anyone or no making anyone feel guilty. It's just about how we have no. from those instances and making, and making a move on. So not that we won't be truthful because we will, mm-hmm. that's our intention. And, you know, and that's, that's my, and that's my point with saying that the truth hurts is the stories and experiences that we're sharing, if they're evoking some guilt or shame or whatever, and whoever might be listening, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but, you know, reflect on that, own it. Yeah. But I also think that truth is, um, individual. Yeah. It's perspective. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, have you ever heard that? My truth might not be your truth, right? There's my truth, their truth and the real truth. And I think that Mm -hmm. there's so many facets of that, especially that's true perspective. I have an idea. Situation happened. Yeah. I have an idea. They could start a podcast and speak their truth. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Get your own platform to talk about your own problems, man. Or, or this is my second idea because, you know, I want to be respectful to everybody. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll reach out to us and they'll want to come on our podcast and we can have like a kumbaya and I'll talk about it together. That's not a bad idea. Absolutely. I'd be totally open open invitation. If you want to be on our podcast, let us know. Send us an email at (laughs) growingwithgracepodcast.com or gmail.com. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So let's move on. So Kiana, what do boundaries look like for you and your family? So, and, and again, in my mindset, I'm, per, I'm perceiving it as within relationships. So let me start mm-hmm. there. Um, for us, especially ever since, um, we found out that we were pregnant with grace, Nick is very rigid in his beliefs and his feelings. And he feels as though he, everyone gets a clean slate from the start. But as soon as you have done something to prove that you are no longer, um, I don't know how to trustworthy. Yeah. Trustworthy or, you know, considerate. Dependable. Exactly. Exactly. Reliable. He, in his, you know, and he feels that way. If, If you have harmed someone in your words, actions, behaviors, um, he has no problem cutting that part out. And I think that that's easier to do when it's not your family. And there, that's not to say that, you Mm -hmm. know, his family is, can do no wrong, but it's definitely perspective. And I think you could speak on this as well, just, or anyone in a relationship when you're with your partner and you're talking about boundaries for your family, in my opinion, what my experience has been is that that you can be, it's a lot easier to be harsh towards your in-laws versus your own family. But I do have to say that like, for me, I kind of try and take the emotion, I step back and take the emotion out of it. And I look at the picture holistically and what it's costing um, the innocence. And by that, I mean, like my peace of mind is, you know, that's my innocence or grace um, and her peace of mind or her heart. And when she really feels strongly about something or someone and wants to be a part of their lives, and that's just not how the cookie has crumbled. And that's not the path that we're on or even Jack as well. Now at this point, he's five. So it's, it's been, ever since I had grace, I kind of decided to put my big girl panties on. And I always, I want to say, I've always had that kind of mentality. I hate when you say that. Sorry, (laughs) I I need a better analogy, but I've always had the mentality of like, did you just say pants? Not panties. Pants on. Sorry. Panties grosses me (laughs) out. Sorry. Anyways, (laughs) making those hard calls and, and, and those hard decisions to cut toxic people or family member, even sometimes the toxic people are family members out of your life. And that's Mm -hmm. so important because the older I'm getting, and I actually had a conversation with a friend the other day, and it's not that I haven't realized it, but I had said this to her in a text message. I was like, you know, the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing that just certain people and certain things are not worth my time or my energy. And if I, if, if it is costing me that on a high, high level, and it's draining me, Um, You really have to take a look at yourself, at your choices and at why you're allowing this thing or person, because it could be technology. It could be social media. It could be like, you you know, you recently, and you can talk about that a little bit when you talk about your boundaries, but it's easy for, it's easy when you look at it in that perspective to say, you know what, I see the cost, the cost that this is taking from me and I cannot afford this anymore. I cannot afford to give this person who's toxic my time or my family's time. I cannot afford to give social media or technology this time because it's costing me something. So boundaries for me are pretty, I don't want to say rigid because we're willing to be flexible. If, you know, people are willing to meet us halfway, like you said, and have a kumbaya, but 
I have no problem, no matter who you are, taking you out of the equation if it's going to cost my, my family more than what we you know, can afford to give, I guess. Okay. So I think you said a lot of good things and I'm trying to remember exactly everything that you said and put together my response cohesively, coherently. I don't know. So I think that right now when we record this episode, personal relationship boundaries are very fresh in Mm -hmm. your mind. So I feel like that's kind of your driving home point and probably will be throughout this episode. And I think it's really interesting. And maybe we'll, maybe boundaries could be like a little mini series about how we set boundaries in different areas of our Mm -hmm. life. There were a few things that you touched on that I thought were really important. One was like in-laws setting boundaries with in-laws and, and kind of extended family. And I was listening to a podcast that Kiana and I are both fans of, cannot remember what episode it's coffee and crumbs. That's the podcast. And they were talking about basically setting boundaries with in-laws and how, if you have a problem or if there's something bothering you about your in-laws to kind of let your spouse handle that because it's their Mm -hmm. family. So instead of you being the one to confront your in-law or extended or your spouse's family about the issue, talk to your spouse about it first and then have them communicate that. And I always, I thought that was really interesting and it kind of made me reflect on my own self and how have I done things with Jeff since we've been together. And there have, there have been a few instances where I just am not that type of person, you Mm -hmm. know that, like I always... If I have a beef or an issue or something like that, I'm generally going to voice it and I don't care about the repercussions, which isn't a good thing, or maybe it is, I don't know, but it usually doesn't go super well for me. So, whereas I feel like you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, you're way more kind of conservative in that regard. Like if you, if something's bothering you, especially with like an in-law or something, you're not going to go out of your way to kind of make a stink Mm -hmm. about it. Well, and I don't know if you remember this, but like three days ago, we were on the phone and I was going to pick the kids up and there was something that happened with school. And I, um, I'm starting, hopefully starting a new job. I have a temp job currently, but there was a scheduling issue. And, uh, I had said to you, I I said, yeah, typically Mm -hmm. when we ask our parents, either my parents or Nick's parents, we have, you ask your own parents. So if, my mom can't do it or she's busy or she's working, which at the time she was, I had, I reached out to Nick. I'm like, Hey, do you think maybe you could ask your mom if she could pick the kids up or, you know, hold grace until I could get there. And, and and that's just how we've always done it. Because I also think Mm -hmm. it's easier to have those difficult conversations with, um, not that your in-laws are not your family because they are, but it's definitely easier to have that conversation with your mom versus your mother-in-law or your dad versus your father-in-law, you know, I just feel like it's easier to have that conversation yeah. and you can be more unapologetically honest, honest. correct. Whereas yeah. if there, there yeah. is a bit of a boundary there between you and your in-laws of how, of, you know, wanting to make sure that you remain civil and you're not being too much or asking too much, but when it's parent, you don't want to correct, rock the boat, correct. but when it's parent to child, it's just a different dynamic. I agree. Which that's a very good point. So do you think that maybe you'll start doing, giving that a go or giving that a try with Jeff or. I'm not really sure. I mean, I think it's, it's so hard to answer that question. If one, like one answer fits all one size fits all, because I feel like with every situation Mm -hmm. is different, every situation is different. And I'm hesitant to put out like a blanket statement of what boundaries look like for me and my in-laws or for me and my, right. You know what I mean? It just, I feel like I'll need, I need to think about specific examples, which we can get to of how we may have set boundaries with family members. Yeah. And, and I think, I think earlier I had mentioned about, you know, boundaries don't necessarily have to be brick and mortar. They can be, you know, like the three little pigs, they could be, you know, just stick and stone and that can be moved like sticks and stones can be moved. Some boundaries do need to be brick and mortar, but I do think it's important for you to acknowledge that when someone is trying to make an effort to make things better, as long as they haven't cross that line of needing the brick and mortar separation. Um, I think that's important to acknowledge that it, boundaries don't necessarily have to be permanent. They could be um, temporary or they could be ever evolving. Yes. That was actually the word 
that I was thinking of when you were talking about boundaries too was the word evolve and how it's kind of like a fluid thing and things change over time or also too you may find that something that you're absolutely not comfortable with as time goes on you're like oh you know okay okay I guess I can be okay with this absolutely so what do boundaries look like for you and your family so this is a hard question to answer because I feel like I as an individual have boundaries Jeff, as an individual, certainly has boundaries. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey, as a baby, I don't really know if he himself has boundaries, but we have set boundaries for him as his parents. And I mean, even something as simple as like bedtime is at 630. Like we have a routine and I am not breaking that routine. And I've even, you know, I actually spent the night or the whole weekend at Kiana's house a few weekends ago. And I was so nervous about it. I just thought that, it wasn't going to go well. It was going to be awful, terrible experience, but it was fine. And I tried to stick to our routine as much as mm-hmm. possible, got him down by six 30 and it was actually really yeah. nice. And I yeah. felt like, okay, you can go places, but keep your routine, keep that boundary in place and things are going to work out just fine. But back to me and my family and Jeff, I think that before Jeff and I were married, our boundaries looked a little bit different. And now that we are married, they've changed. And as our family grows, they continue to Mm -hmm. change. And it's hard because I think that sometimes, you know, setting boundaries can be set around the holidays, for example. And that can be a really hard conversation to have when you want to see your family on Christmas, your spouse wants to see their family on Christmas, your families don't necessarily live extremely close. So then this becomes an argument or you know, an uncomfortable conversation about where do we go? How do we, how do we make ourselves happy, make our family happy, but also not be stressed out because we're spending the whole day driving in the car. And so I think things like that can be hard, Mm -hmm. you know, or one thing that um, is coming up right now for Jeff and I is time for ourselves. So making sure that we set time for us the two of us as a couple without JT. And that was something that Jeff has basically stressed since we had a newborn. And I was really offended by it and felt like, I guess, yeah, offended. I was like, what do you mean? Like he can come on dates with us. We can take him to a restaurant. Like why, why would you not want him there with us? He's, you know, he's our baby. And I have to admit, it took me some time to come to the realization that okay, actually setting time aside for us and our relationship, just the two of us is actually important. And there, you know, just like there needs to be time set too for family. So boundaries are in ever, like you said, it's ever evolving. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's really important too, like you had brought up the points about your, what your boundaries look like when you were together, what your boundaries look like when you were married and now what they look like as a family of three and life just kind of throws things at you and you it's all about tip of the hat to the name growing with grace and making sure that you're doing everything you can and your power to maintain a good and happy and healthy household and relationship and nurturing those relationships that are priorities and i think part of boundary what's what's really important and a second part of boundaries is setting priorities and precedents. So what is the most important thing yes. to you? And you know, what, that's why the boundaries are in place. The boundaries are in place so that way you can focus on your priorities in life. And mm-hmm. until you can really identify those things, I think it's really hard for you to acknowledge, okay, I need boundaries or I should have boundaries. And you just kind of end up in this whirlwind of, you know, oh, I'm with this. There's crap, too many right? things like either. Oh, I'm spending like hours on social media or this family member always makes me feel like crap. And I keep allowing them to come back into my life. And it's like, you're just, you're spinning, you're spinning. You're not going forward. You're not staying on that road mm-hmm. because you don't have the boundaries to keep you in line. And that's, yes. I think that's, that's really something to talk about is that you need to have priorities. You need to acknowledge your priorities and prioritize them and then yeah. look at them to set your boundaries. And that will really help you move forward. Yeah, I think you basically just answered our next question, which is why are setting boundaries important to you? You touched on a few points on why they are important. And I think 
the main thing that I was hearing there are priorities. And I think you're absolutely right that priorities and boundaries go hand in hand. They're very much connected. And it can be hard because sometimes you can have conflicting priorities. Mm-hmm. So you can have two things that you really, really care about. Like like and you wanting to have that, a date with your kid because you love your kid, but you're also needing to have time with your husband. Absolutely. For sure. And it can be really hard to, how do you make that decision, right? How do you, because then you almost feel like, or maybe this is me and this speaks volumes to my struggles with setting boundaries is I don't want to upset somebody mm-hmm. by feeling like I'm putting something or somebody before somebody or something mm-hmm. else. And maybe that's me caring too much about what others might think, because truthfully, you know, you should be able to set a boundary and that should be a sign of being a, in a healthy relationship. And I don't necessarily mean that just with your spouse, but with friends or relatives or who, whoever mm-hmm. else. So absolutely boundaries are definitely important to me because I think that they're key to healthy relationships and really a healthy life. I think that being able to set and sustain boundaries are a skill that most people don't necessarily, they're not necessarily born with Mm -hmm. them being able to do this. It's something that you learn over time. Mm -hmm. And I think that especially once you become a parent, you really start to kind of hone in on that skill because you're no longer like, it's so easy when you're a single person. And this might be kind of hard for Kiana to remember because she's been a mom for 11 years, but I'm a new mom and I can, I have very vivid memories of what it was like when I did not have to worry about somebody else. Really. You know, I was in a relationship and I had Stark was my dog, but I could go to the gym and be there for three hours. I could do lots of things that were really just focused on me and myself and not on anybody else. But now I can't do those things because I have to, there's other people, there's other people in the picture now. So. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's really kind of another touchback to one of the other episodes about seasons and how you do go through these things. And you had said that you had just mentioned that it's not something that we're born with being able to set boundaries, but I think once you can fully understand, oh, I have priorities here that need to be met. Kind of like what you had said. I don't want family members feeling as though they're not important because they feel as though someone else is being prioritized above them. That doesn't necessarily, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can have the communication, the boundary there, depending on who who you're with, you know, in-laws might be more difficult, but you could have that communication with them and say, you know, this is, you know, with you and I, it's not, you know, it's not quite like this. It's just, I have to meet these other areas of my life and that's fine. And that's that in itself is a boundary. It's setting boundaries with even your, you know, your favorite people or, you know, the most important people in your life. And sometimes that's with your husband. Sometimes that's with your family, like immediate family, like your sister or your children, even. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that that's really important to acknowledge. I agree. That's actually interesting too, because I'm not quite there yet, but Kiana and I were having a conversation the other day. We talk every (laughs) single day about um, children and having multiple children and um, juggling busy schedules and basically being that stereotypical soccer mom driving from one practice, from one game to another, dropping off kids and, you know, also potentially trying to still work full time and how in the world do you make it to every single game or to every single practice? How do you be in all of those places at once and also, you know, maintain your own physical and mental health? And so I said to Kiana, I was basically setting a boundary the other day. And I was like, I am fine with missing a soccer game or two. If that means, I didn't say this, but what I was getting at is like, if I miss a soccer game, so that way I can go focus on my physical health and go work out. I'm okay with that. Whereas I've had this conversation with Jeff And my husband is in the Air National Guard. So on drill weekends, he's working. So he's actually already said like, oh, you know, there'll be weekends that I'm working and I might not be able to make it to sports games. He might not be able to make it to games and such. And he was kind of bummed by that. And I kind of thought like, whatever, like you have to work. It is what it is. So this brought up a conversation between Kiana and I about 
you know, how those things might actually be really important to your kids for you to be there. And it's, she kept reminding me, you know, it's not just about you anymore. It's not just about your feelings. It's about what is your kid think or feel. And I did some reflecting on that over the past few days. And I thought about it because I didn't really grow up paying, playing too many sports, but I did play some. And my parents definitely were not there for every single sporting event. And I think one of the things I used as an example was at the end of the season, that was like a big thing where your parents would kind of come out and usually like they'd bring you flowers or something like that. I I would see that happen with my teammates and that never happened for me. Nobody ever showed up and brought me flowers. So maybe I'm just a little bit salty Mm -hmm. that I didn't have those experiences growing up. So I'm like, man, well, my kids will be fine without that. I think you said that. And I said, well, do you want to be your parents or do you want to be better than your parents did? And that's not to say that boundaries are important and prioritizing. And again, boundaries for each person and priorities for each person is so uniquely individual for people, for husbands and wives, for families. And if, you know, for you, your health and your fit, your mental health and your physical health is up high. And that's totally fine because no one else can make mm-hmm. that choice for you and prioritizing your mental health and your physical health of, above soccer practices or soccer games is not, does not singularly, singularly define you as a good or bad parent because of that, because you, mm-hmm. your response to me was, well, Kiana, I, if I'm not taken care of, like, I can't be the best mom that I need to be. So if I need to be, show up for mm-hmm. these, you know, my kid, kid, children, you know, in the future, I need to be able to be taken care of myself. And I think that that's really important that you shouldn't necessarily feel guilty for that because each person's priorities are different. And just because your priorities don't look like my priorities and vice versa, that's fine. They're not going to, they're not supposed to. Um, and even between you and your partner, if Jeff wants to be at every soccer game, that's great. Let him. And that gives you time to focus on your number one priority and that's compromise. Yeah. That's, that's a really good way of looking at it. Absolutely. So do you, can you think of a time where you had set a boundary that you wish you hadn't set a boundary and it kind of came back to nip you in the butt or you wish that you had that boundary in place because it would, you would have been better off for it. So I can't, I don't want to say it's think of like a specific time, but I have a really bad habit of having a hard time telling Mm -hmm. people now. So there will often be times where somebody will, um, ask me something and I feel obligated to say yes or to participate or to do something because I feel like it's the right thing Mm -hmm. to do even if it means that I'm going to put myself out or put myself in a position where I don't want to be in so um, I can think of like one example and it has to do with money too where um, we were people were collecting money for something that had happened and I didn't really want to contribute to the cause, but I felt like I was put on the mm-hmm. spot almost. And so I did so. And I mean, I guess it's, it's not really that big of a deal in hindsight, but I feel like in those types of situations, it's not like I didn't have the finances to cover it and it put me out right. for the month. But had I been in a different financial situation, right? Had our finances not been what they, what they are, that's a right. problem. I think, I think that you need to be able to tell somebody like, no, I'm sorry. It's just not in my budget or I really can't afford to do that. But I think, or, you know what I mean? It's not even necessarily in that instance, it wasn't that I couldn't afford to do it. It's just, I didn't really want to prioritize that mm-hmm. thing with my money pressured. And maybe that makes me selfish or inconsiderate, but yeah, I did. I felt pressured. And even though the, the person that was asking was not pressuring me at all whatsoever, I'm sure they would not have cared if I had said, no, I'm, I'm right, really your not own stereotypes. comfortable doing it. But my own personal guilt or whatever you want to call it made me feel like I had to do mm-hmm. this. And I don't think that's good. There's other times too, where, you know, I've committed to doing something that I really don't want to mm-hmm. do. And then it comes up and instead of me telling the person like, you know, I'm sorry, but I really just don't feel good or I don't feel well. I just kind of like freeze in this moment. And I just feel like I can't be honest, but then that's actually worse, Mm -hmm. you know, because then I'm leaving this person hanging and they're like, what is going on? You know, you're not communicating. Is everything okay? And I wish that I could just, you know, set that boundary or just say, you know what, I'm really not sure if I can make it to that event. So 
let's just leave it in the air at that instead of saying yes and then having to say no at the last minute basically no and I think a lot of my instances are very similar to yours actually there was an instance last week or the week before we were on the phone because we talk every day and um, someone had asked me to do something and I had said yes but I didn't want to and um, Mm -hmm. both Tyla and Brandy were like so say no and I was like how can I say no? They asked me and I said, yes. And they and they were like, yeah, but if it's costing you something like, and this is, you know, a conversation we've had before with other things that you have, like you have, you have to, you have to have the courage for yourself to protect your own mental health and mental energy to say no, because if it's not good for you, or it, again, it's costing you more than what you have in your bank, don't, don't say yes. And you can feel pressured. Like Tyla had mentioned, like when she had other friends who were doing it. So she felt like she would be taken aback by not doing it, or she would looked at, be looked at potentially as less, or even just in her mind, you can't let that define you when you want to set a boundary or you have a boundary and deciding whether or not you're going to cross that line or stay in your lane. Because when you set those boundaries, you're setting them for a reason. You're setting them for your mental and physical health. And when you've crossed that line, you are now the boundary is now broken and you're on the wrong path again. And it just takes you that much longer to get back to the right route and to get back to your own, again, mental health and happiness. And I think that that's really important. And, you know, the same thing with you, I have a really hard time saying no, um, even if I really, really don't want to. And it's not that I don't want to be honest. I feel as though I'm not being a good friend by saying no, or I'm not being a good person to be person to this other individual asking something of me so that's really hard it's I think it can be really hard it is and I don't know why we're like that but I think we're both similar and I want to ask I want us to ask ourselves right say we put ourselves in the flip-flop of that situation so say we had asked a friend to do Mm -hmm. something and they told us like no they couldn't we'd probably be like, okay, no worries. It's not a big deal. You know what I mean? I don't think we would really, it, I guess it depends yeah. on the situation because there was a situation a few weeks ago where Ken and I talked about this and that wasn't exactly I felt. But I, but I think that's because felt, I'm but... so adamant about making myself do things because I don't have good boundaries. Mm-hmm. So because I put myself out to say yes, I expect the reciprocated effect. I, I expect that of people, Ooh. which I think is not fair. You can't hold other people to the no, same standards not. that you hold yourself. And that just speaks mm-hmm. on me not having enough boundaries with myself. And then now reflecting on other yeah. people, which is interesting because yeah. you know how people say like, Oh, so-and-so is mad at me because of this. And it's like, no, which they're just mad because you know, they're unhappy with their own life or they're, it's a reflection on them. I think I'm just having like an epiphany, like that right there, me speaking that out loud makes so much sense that, you know, because someone's upset with you or even because you're upset with someone else, it may be a reflection on yourself. So if you're upset with someone else, because of something really look deep and say to yourself, like, did what they do is, is what they did really that unforgivable? Or is it really that much of a deal that I should be upset about it? Or should I, you know, reflect and say to myself, well, you know, I really need to work on myself and my own boundaries. So that way, when I come in these, you know, circumstances, my heart or mind is not mm-hmm. being harmed because someone else isn't reciprocating. Cause it's not about that. It's about right. Setting your own boundaries and keeping to them and, ex- and accepting others, people's boundaries and knowing that it's not personal just because someone can't come to an event or can't make a dinner date or can't do those things. It's not personal. Or, or think about too. think about maybe the situation that they're having in their own mind, mm-hmm. right. Of exactly what we talked about in the beginning of this podcast about how there are two things that you hold near and dear to you and having to put one above the other is a really hard decision for that person mm-hmm. to make. So instead of getting mad or upset with them, try to give that person some Absolutely. grace and knowing that they're just trying to do the best that they can, which can be really hard. And another thing that you touched on too, about it being a reflection on your own self, I think, and this is just speaking from, from how I feel about my own situations Mm -hmm. and I sometimes like Kiana have a hard time telling people no because I feel obligated to do it and I don't necessarily know if I get as upset if the other person tells me no Mm -hmm. but it's almost like a a jealousy thing where you feel envious that that person is able to say 
know so confidently and they kind of you're just like man you know that seemed easy for you and I feel that way I I feel that that way about you like sometimes you know we'll be having an event or you're far away like okay good because I was I didn't want to project that onto you because I actually feel like that's a good way of describing how you are yeah, exactly you know, exactly you, what you just you said, wish you say could no, right they know but like you there can't. was an instant and I'm not mad at you just so but I can say this freely to you Kaylee, no so Kaylee um Tyla's niece was having a birthday party the same day as what Grace was and I totally like yeah it's not that I, I was not I was never mad you know when you were like oh I can't come to Grace's party because I'm going to Kaylee's party it was just like one of those instances where it's a really tough thing to like mm-hmm. I'm sure for and, and I and I could hear it in your voice like you had felt um, not that you weren't confident because you were like, um, Grace is 11. Kaylee's like one. I'm probably gonna go to Kaylee's ha- Kaylee's because one, she's closer in age with Jeffrey and two, um, you know, Grace probably wouldn't care if we're there or not, honestly. And, and yeah, it, it was fine. It was not an issue, but I do envy the ability to be able to say that because there are, let's be real. Like kids' birthday parties are not fun. Ain't nobody wants to go to kids' birthday parties, but we go. Everybody always says that. And I'm like, you and Jeff say that all the time. And I'm like, I actually think they are kind what? of fun. I, well, I, I think because you're an extreme extrovert, so you have no problem like chatting up anyone. So I, I think just going to other <laughs> people's parties, like it's always hard because you don't it's know like everyone. the right time of day. You know, it's not too late. It's the middle <laughs> of the day. There's food. It's a social environment. I'm fine with it. There's like other people to watch my kid now. Like, yeah, now, up. but I, I can, I can distinctly remember a t- another time where I had a birthday party and you said to me, well, if there's not going to be food, I'm not going. And I was like, excuse you, you, yeah. I, we are going to fight. <laughs> I mean, I still feel that way. Don't have a party and not have food. What the heck's wrong with you? You got to at least have snacks, but yeah, I'm a brat <laughs> and have always been when it comes to Definitely. food. So yeah, that's, that's funny. Actually. I had not even thought about Kaylee's birthday because yeah, that was, that was hard. You know, I was like, there's no way because her birthday was literally on the opposite mm-hmm. side of the state. There was no way I could be in both places at once, but I was kind of like, Hey, her invitation got sent out first. I already committed to it. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So, yeah. It's that's, that can be tough. So you know? kind of on the role with family, um, besides setting boundaries with family, are there other areas in your life where you wish you had set boundaries or you do have, you do have boundaries because it, you need it for your own journey? <laughs> so w- one area is definitely work, I mm-hmm. think for me and thank goodness. I actually have a super awesome job. I actually haven't talked a lot about my job on the podcast, but I love my job. Absolutely love what I do. And I have a really awesome boss. I have pretty awesome coworkers. We've all been working remotely for over a year now, like a year Mm -hmm. and a half. And it's basically going to stay that way. So we've now discussed the different setups that we may be going into once COVID, if it ever does go away, (laughs) not exist. Yeah. Now with Delta and everything else, things are kind of like up in the air again, but basically the way my office will be set up in the future is there will be hybrid employees, which means that those employees will work remote some of the time and they'll be able to come into the office some of the time. There will be fully remote employees who just are exactly that. They work from home or remotely all of the time. And then there will be people who are um, on site or in the office full time. And for the most part, I think majority of my team members are going to have some type of hybrid approach where they'll be in the office some days, they'll be at home some of the other days. I definitely prefer the hybrid to fully remote option. Mm -hmm. Working from home has been a huge blessing in my life, not having to have a commute with being a new mom and not obviously getting the best of sleep, not having to worry about clothes and packing lunches and things like that. It's just been, it's been really great for me to be able to have that time that I would have been commuting, doing something else like working out or going grocery shopping or so what is the yeah. boundary you set? So, was it with work or was it with your family? Oh yeah. Sorry. So I think it's, it's hard. I guess it was hard for me to answer that question um, because work has looked so different now in the mm-hmm. last year, but before when I was going into the office, I was a super early riser. So I was usually in the office by like six 30 or seven. And I would then leave the office at three or three 30 or you know, around that time, because that was when my eight hour shift was done and I would be getting all my work done and it would be fine. 
And that was like kind of a boundary for me that I needed to learn to set. And I actually had kind of a confrontation, I guess, with a coworker who didn't like that I worked those hours. He came in a little bit later and left closer to around five. And I don't know why he was so concerned with the hours that I was working. Again, we worked within the same group, but on different Mm -hmm. teams. And I was getting my work done. My supervisor was completely fine with those hours that I chose to work, but he had an issue with it, which was really weird. Um, But yeah, setting those boundaries of being like, you know, just because my coworkers are choosing to work Mm -hmm. later, right? Like we're salaried. We're not getting paid to work 10 hour days. And even though I saw some of my coworkers around me doing that, I would feel conflicted sometimes like, oh, maybe I should stay Mm -hmm. late and work longer, but then I'm not going to want to go to the gym afterwards. So I had to set that boundary of like, no, like I'm done working when I'm done working and I need to go and work out and do things like that, that keep me healthy. And that can be hard you know what I mean? or setting a boundary too of like <laughs> one thing, my boss has asked me to get a work cell phone and I don't really feel that I need mm-hmm. one. It's pretty rare that I'll get um, asked to do something like after yeah. hours. And I, I had a work cell phone with my very first big girl job out of college. And it was awful because your phone would ping at 8 PM and I'd get an email. Mm-hmm. And I also was in a very toxic career position. My, it was not good. And I'd get an email from my boss at 8 PM that would make my heart sink. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, you know what I mean? So I kind of don't want the work cell phone. And I've just been putting it off, putting mm-hmm. it off, filling out this like workflow request to get a work phone because that's a boundary right. for me. When I'm done with work, I'm done with work. And I want to be able to focus on working out or my family or just relaxing. You know what I mean, we spend so much, if you work full time, you spend so much time at work or working. You need to have some leftover time for yourself and for your family and for whatever else is important to you. So that's my long-winded question. I mean, answer. well, you also <laughs> set boundaries with social media recently. Oh my god! I'm so surprised yeah, that right. wasn't like your first go-to. It's because I can't even, I don't even think about it anymore. It's amazing what two weeks will do. Yeah. So a lot of stuff has happened. We've taken some time off of recording and we've set some boundaries. I was in a pretty, I was in a pretty dark, dark spot actually. And I think actually our last episode was mental health. Mm-hmm. Right. And we talked, we talked about this at our last episode about addiction. And I had said, I think I'm addicted to social media and that, that might've been, cause that was right around when I was like, I'm done yep. with social media. I think it was. And I think that maybe kind of sparked in me. Cause I was in this really, really awful spot, like feeling really, really upset. And just triggered. every time I would log into Instagram, I was just so triggered. And I wanted to like literally throw hands with like every single person that I saw on social media that didn't agree with me. And I didn't like it. And I was getting to this point, you know, where I would go look and see go check and see people that I was following to see if they were following like people who I would consider political (laughs) a-holes and um you know that I don't agree with at all and I'm like well if this person follows that person I can't be Mm -hmm. their friend I disown them even if that person had never shared their political views or beliefs on social media I was like if they associate themselves with them I don't want to be your friend and then I thought to myself wow like is that really how I want to be? You know, like if this person has always been kind to me, do I really care how they, they feel politically? And that's still an answer that I, a question that I ha- can't really mm-hmm. answer, but anyways, I just needed a break. So I took off a full week of Facebook and Instagram and I felt great. And then I continued to do that for about a week and a half. And then I needed to go on Facebook to reach out to, um, a lymphedema group. Cause Jeffrey had like a toenail that looked infected and I was freaking out about it. So I kind of broke the seal with that. And then also my husband got an award. So I wanted to share about that. And now I still don't have the app on my phone. I just kind of go on to Safari and I'll go on Facebook and Facebook is a little bit more chill in my Mm -hmm. opinion than Instagram is. So it's been, yeah, it's been since uh, like August 31st or something that I haven't been on Instagram 17 days. Well, good for you. I hope you keep with it. Cause I know I've, I've noticed, and you, you've, she's also said to me, like, cause we talk every day 
you wouldn't believe it, but I'm just like in such a good mood. Like no one has set me off today and I'm just feeling good. Like she's like, I feel so good. It's true. It's true. It's true. So what about you, Kiana? Are there areas of your life where you've set boundaries outside of personal relationships? So yes. Um, kind of like you. So I am, I have been, a, I've been working slash staying at home a lot, but I've always made it a point that my family is the priority because Nick is the breadwinner and it has been my job to manage the kids' schedules and their sports and their events and all of those things. So for me, I have always made sure that whatever career path I have taken or will take, it is one that I can place my family first. So I used to work in a school system and then I went from working in in a public school system to a private school system. And now I'm hopefully um, in an area where I will be working four days a week instead of five. And the hours are pretty close to when the kids go to school and when they come home from school. So it just really works with our schedule. And so for me, I've always had to have that whatever career path I've taken has to be, you know, under the family priority. And as long as that, so it's kind of, you know, narrowed what I can do for job opportunities and which is why Mm -hmm. I'm also going back to school. So that way I can further my education so I can find a job that can give me that flexibility with family and make sure that when I leave, kind of like what you were saying, like when I leave work, I need my number one priority has to be family. When I'm at work, while the kids are in school and no one needs me, priorities work. But when I leave work, I need to be able to place it beside. And that's not to say that I wouldn't pick up the phone and help someone, you know, in an emergency or whatever, but on a whole, that has to be the kind of feelings, which is another reason why real estate has just kind of been something that I've really put to the wayside because it's just, that's not the type of career where you can do that. You can't put down your phone and not answer. That was, I feel like that was a hard thing for you when you were doing real estate, because there would absolutely be times where you'd have clients or people that would harass you all hours of the night, (laughs) like harass you or just expect you to drop things at a dime and be like, be there for Mm -hmm. them or have an answer for them. And just very selfish, I guess. And you'd put yourself out a lot to, you know, bend over backwards for a lot of the people that you worked with. And it's just a tough, it's a tough gig. Yeah, for sure. sure. I definitely don't envy people. So yeah. So, and, but I do have to say that there's a boundary that I set kind of with my family and you have inspired me to do this to make my health and wellness a priority. So with Nick working full time, Mm -hmm. it's always been really hard for me to manage the kids' schedules and my schedule. And then when he came home from work, I just felt, and again, this has more to do with me than him, that I couldn't ask him to like keep an eye on the kids for an hour or two, because like, that was my job. I was a stay at home mom and I wouldn't want to put him out like that. And now that they're kind of more independent and we've been on this health and wellness track for the last year or so, I've had to say to them, like, you know, no, I am going for a walk after dinner and, you know, doing the dishes will wait till tomorrow. And I've had to set boundaries for myself and my own mental health and wellness, just like you have. And you inspired me to do that. So thank you. Well, I'm glad that's, that makes me really happy to hear just not even because I'm the one that inspired you to do that, but just because- you know, I think going back to that, I'm a better person or I'm a better mom to my kids. I'm a better wife to my husband because I make this time for myself. I really firmly believe that. And I, I mean, I can remember, we talked about this in our episode, I think on um, self-care, mm-hmm. I think it was where we talked about um, my journey back into health and wellness and fitness around you know, December, Christmas time of 2020, I was about five, six months postpartum. And Jeff said to me, my husband, like, you are miserable. You are so easily set off, like, you know, like mood swings up and down. Like it was not good. He's like, you need to go back to the gym. I, I don't know what else to tell you. And I didn't actually end up going back to my gym. I started working out with my friend, Sam shout out Who's now um, my friend too. She Sam. accepted my friend. I said, Sam, can we be friends? And she said, of course we can be friends. So she's our friend now. Yeah. yeah Sam's great. So, you know, and that, like I said, I've said it a bunch of times before it's changed my life. It really has. And that's, that's a, a boundary that I've recently set too of um, prioritizing working out with Sam. So I, right now she broke her foot. So she's kind of limited with what she can do at her home gym. So she's back at, um, our old, well, our 
it's not my gym anymore. Lightning where we all used to go, but she's back there a few days a week because there's more equipment and whatnot that she can use with having the broken foot. But we are still working out together two times you know a why? week because it's a priority and you guys set it as a priority. So it's a boundary you now follow. That's why. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, like, you know, people be like, Oh, can you come do this? I'm like, no, sorry. I got to work out. And actually I do have to say one um, positive of this situation that Sam and I have now is we used to work out Saturday and Sunday mornings. That was kind of like mm-hmm. our time. And it made it very hard for me to go and do other things that I would want to do because that was a priority. I'd set that boundary, you know, that was, what's important to me. And even doing things like, so this afternoon, um, I'll be driving down to Woodstock and spending the night at Kiana's Sam will be taking Stark. And if Sam and I were working out tomorrow morning and Sunday morning, still, I probably wouldn't do that because working out is like more important to me than going to see my family. That sounds well, awful. It's, it's fine when though, because it, that's your priority and but you, no one else gets to set your priorities for you. Yeah. I also have a competition coming up. So, you know, priorities, <laughs> boundaries. <laughs> so, um, the next question that we have is, you know, the feeling of guilt when you have to say no, or you have to follow your boundary. Um, and you kind of just express that, oh, I feel guilty for saying that, but the reality is, you know, that's, that's what you're doing and you're staying true to your boundaries and you're better for it. Um, why do you think that you feel guilty though? I think you feel guilty because at some point or another, somebody has made you feel bad about the decision that you've made and whether that person did it intentionally or not. I think that you care about that person so much and you're like, oh, I don't want to let them down. So I'm going to be real with everybody for a minute. Um, one place that I kind of feel this way with Kiana is um oh this is so hard no not Christmas yes but that's not the example that I'm thinking of no actually it's having babies so when I first found out that I was pregnant I kind of wanted to just have just Jeff be in the room when I gave Mm -hmm. birth and I know you were like what I you were there for my baby like I want to be there for you. And I was like, "Ah, I don't know, maybe we'll see what happens. And then the pandemic happened and it was like, well, just Jeff's going to be in the room. But now that I'm going to have another baby, she's not pregnant right now. I'm not pregnant. (laughs) I'm not pregnant, but I plan on being pregnant real soon. Um, well, not real soon, but whatever I see my husband. (laughs) Okay. Keep going. Um, (laughs) anyways, yeah, I don't know. That's hard for me because I'm like, okay, I've already experienced it once with Jeff. So maybe now I would like to have Kiana in the room when I give birth. I don't know. And then I go back and forth on it. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure she would love to be there, but how does Jeff feel about it? Cause I feel like Jeff is kind of a more intimate, he might have that hard mm-hmm. boundary. So that's a hard thing, but I feel like obligated. I would feel bad if I didn't give you or even beeper the opportunity to be there when I gave birth. But then I think about it. And I'm like, well, what about Laura? Laura's my sister-in-law. Like, what if she wanted to be there? I'm like, I can't have a freaking seven people yeah. audience. Or maybe I could. Well, I, I don't think, know. And, and you had said the last one. You had said, um, you, or you had said in the beginning of this, you feel guilty because maybe someone else had made you feel guilty about it. And um, both mm-hmm. times when I gave birth, I remember when you found out you were not going to be in the room for Grace because Nick was there, Maria was there, my mother was there, and then my dad happened to be there somehow. You were like you were upset. You were mad. You were like, why can't I be in the room? And I'm like, well, Tyla, like, well, how many, like you had just said, how many people can I have? I'm like, it's my first time having a baby. I'm literally 17 years old. So I definitely need the moms there because they've been there. They've done that. Like, and I remember, and that's why you stood outside the window because you were upset because you couldn't be in the room. So it's definitely like hindsight's 2020, right? Like, so having gone through Mm -hmm. things and seeing that now I have to say that, um, you know, and, that, and that's why you were in the room with Jack, um, because you were like, oh, I want to be in the room. And I was like, of course, like I got to experience that through a family member of mine. I was little, I was like 14 or 12. I don't even remember. Um, I don't even remember the incident instance, but it's definitely something that I think is like a really magical thing. And you should at least experience, you know, at some point in your life, because it's just a, a beautiful thing. And especially being a mother and having brought children in the world, going to see that one day is going to be so special, but I totally get the fact that like that, and and that's fine. And I think that that's really, really hard because 
like we had said before, um, you know, other people's priorities are not necessarily your priorities and it can Mm -hmm. sometimes make you feel undervalued. Maybe, maybe that's like the feeling that it is, or it's like, you're not important enough to them to, to make that priority list of like, like you said, like, okay, if we have the gym, I'm working out with Sam, that means no visiting with family members because that comes first. And that can be a really hard and difficult thing to navigate when you're in that position of, okay, you know, who do I, you know, who do I value more? And it's not about like who you love more. It's just what, you know, what are your priorities and what, where, where are your hard lines and is it brick and mortar or is it stick and stone and can things be adjusted? And again, each person is so, so different. And I think our relationship is totally different from like, you know, obviously my relationship, like with Brandy or my relationship with Grace and I would like to assume that Grace will have me in the room when she has a baby one day or even Brandy. And I think Brandy and I had talked about it a little bit and she was like, well, yeah, definitely you'd be in the room. But that's something that like you, even having spoke that, like you have to understand that some people make that choice of like, okay, if I choose to have Kiana and not Tyla, but you you had that choice too. And you can't make people feel guilty for feeling those things without having that. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And, and part of me is like reflecting on this and it's almost like this um, moment of, Clarity. well, Tyla, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So I'm thinking about that because I'm like, okay, so what would happen? So Brandy is Kiana's cousin and I'm very close with Brandy, just like I am with Kiana, but I would definitely say I'm closer to Kiana. But I mean, maybe the love maybe is the same, not, the love though. is the same, but Tyla and I it's, communicate more. Kiana and I talk every single day, but I mean, Beeper and I, I'll still just randomly call Beep and like be like, Beep, what do you think about this? Anyways, Beep is her nickname uh, for Brandy. People are probably like, what? Just are keep you going. <laughs> Anyways, I was thinking about, let's say Brandy gets pregnant, has a baby, and I'm like, would I be mad or upset or butthurt that if she would be like, I don't really want you to be in the room? And I'm like, yeah, probably. I probably yeah. would be. And I think that's really unfair of mm-hmm. me to have that feel to, to feel that way right like that's not fair another thing I can think of where I definitely probably gave Kiana or maybe made her feel bad was I think at your wedding right so technically Kiana had two maid of mm-hmm. honors me and Beeper were both her maid of honors but I didn't get to stand up next to you when you when you actually got right. married and I don't I don't know if I was like a brat about it or if I made you feel bad but like I was a hundred percent like felt like Ugh. like I can't believe yeah. I can't get, I don't get to be mm-hmm. up there. Maybe I didn't. I don't, I don't remember if well, you I have any, you know, in my mind, the one that I'm picturing, um, it wasn't that instance. It was the, this is the reoccurring thing with Tyler and I, um, when grace for baptized, when, when the kids got baptized, you were so upset that you weren't going to be a godparent. And I was like, but Tyla, one, you're an atheist. You don't, it doesn't even mean anything to you. And you're like, but I want to be it anyways. And how dare you? And I was just like, Tyla, just let it go. It's not a big deal. Just let it go. And she was like really upset about it. And I was like, who are Jack's godparents? Um, Nick's brother, Jason and Chelsea. And we are Sophia, their oldest godparents. Okay. But I remember you being like, well, that's it. Brandy was the godparent for grace so I get and I was like that's not how it's gonna go and you're like that's it <laughs> you're like bitch to fit. honestly so now that so I can honestly say too now that I'm like older and actually understand the way that wills work and how godparents is it's just a nice thing to do when you are a religious mm-hmm. person like if you actually have a will like you can have somebody be the kid's godparents but that doesn't necessarily mean that's where your kid is going right. to go when if you know something were to happen to the parents but that's a conversation for another time maybe we will talk about that wills and whatnot but um yeah you know I'm a more mature person now and I honestly think and Kiana has said this too like who could actually take care of my kids and give them the life that they need to have and I think now I'm in a place where I could 100% be able to um actually take care of Grace or Jack or both of them if I needed to to Mm -hmm. do so but um yeah, no hard feelings. It's all good. We good. Yeah. So saying no can be hard right. for a lot of reasons. And again, it's one of those things where stuff it, to work stuff on. to work on, but it's also one of those things where it's like feeling guilty sometimes or feeling like left out may may be more of a self-reflection on you versus that person. I agree. So yeah. Um, I think it's about time for us to start wrapping it up. 
why don't we end with our moments of grace? And Tyla has a very special moment of grace that we shared we shared over text message yesterday and she, it was, it was a really beautiful moment. And I sent her the crying emoji and she was like, I cried. And I was like, I know, because it was a really special moment. Go ahead, Ty. Yeah. So yesterday was Yom Kippur. I don't even know if that's a happy holiday or not. Sorry to my Jewish friends. I think it's a day of reflection. Atonement, I think is the word. Atonement. I don't know what that means. Again, I'm an atheist. I'm not religious, but anyways, our daycare was closed on Yom Kippur because they rent space from the synagogue next door. And that has nothing to do with the story. Here I go, rumbling. Anyways, Jeffrey didn't have school, so I, I did have work, but I took an hour around lunchtime to go and try to find him some shoes because he's starting to walk now, just taking a first, his first few steps. And our physical therapist recommended that we go check out a store called Stride Right. Stride Right is pretty, I think, well-known for like little kiddos and they're a good shoe. And because they're well-known and other Kiana had said, yeah, you know, Jack and Grace, those were the first shoes that they actually had too. I was like, there's no way these are going to fit Jeffrey's feet because Jeffrey has, you know, swollen feet because of his primary lymphedema. So I was like, if these shoes work for kids with normal feet, they're probably not going to work for his feet. So we, we walk into the store and I was just very kind of not looking forward to it. And I explained to the woman, he has primary lymphedema, which causes his feet to be swollen. So, you know, it's been very hard for us to find shoes that fit him. And I was like, I'm, I, you know, let's see what you have. So she went into the back, she brought out five or six options. And I was sitting there thinking in my head, like, it's not going to work. These aren't going to work. This is a waste of time. And I kid you not, she takes out the shoe, she puts it on his foot. And it was like the Cinderella glass slipper, like the first pair of shoes fit. And I was like, it was a beautiful moment. Yeah. And then, you know, the next pair of shoes that she tried on, they fit and all six pairs fit. There was one pair that like didn't fit super well, but we had options. We had like five different options to pick from. And I actually cried. It was, it was a really nice moment to be able to feel like, okay, he will have shoes that fit him. And I called my husband afterward and I sent him the picture that I sent Kiana. And he was like, why are you crying? What did you think? He was never going to be able to wear shoes. And I was like, yes, I did think that. So, so that was my moment of grace. And I'm super, super grateful that we found a pair of shoes for him. Absolutely. It's totally a beautiful moment. And it's probably a moment you'll remember for the rest of your life. Absolutely. What about you, Nan? What's your moment of grace? Well, I have a lot of things happening um, in the next few weeks here. And I've been applying to jobs and one of which I still have an interview for next week, but, um, I was hired in as a temporary fill-in at that job. And I'm really, really hoping it works out because I just, the work-life balance is great. The coworkers seem great and the work is wonderful and rewarding. And I'll talk more on that if I do end up getting hired, but I don't want to say too much and jinx it. I'm Um, so, I'm so proud of you. Well, thank you. And next week is actually the beginning of my back into it school career to getting my bachelor's degree. Yes. (laughs) We have a lot going on there. And also this Sunday is the first soccer game, my adult soccer game that I I know, (laughs) I know it's wild here. Okay. So we didn't have a lot growing up. And as a child, when I was in like school, I never thought like we could afford to play sports. Like in my mind, it was always something that just wasn't attainable because like we didn't have the funds for it. My parents were working to the bone and, you know, we made scraps to get fed, never mind like doing things like sports, extracurricular sports. And my parents were so busy, like they never would have been able to make practices and all of that. But I have always wanted to play soccer. I am not a runner, especially with all my other health ailments coming up currently, but I have always wanted to play soccer and I'm finally getting to kind of, I know it's silly, but live out a dream of playing soccer and I may hate it and it may be the worst thing ever, but it's something that I've always wanted to do. So I signed myself up for an adult soccer league that meets on Sundays and your girl about to be the coolest water girl you ever met. No, you're not going to be the water girl. You're going to be playing. I'm actually, I'm a little jealous. I was telling Jeff about this. I was like, yeah, Kiana's starting to play adult soccer. Like, I think I want to play adult soccer. And he's like, well, you know what? What? So soccer is like kind of intense and I've never played. So I don't know any of the rules. So I'm going to be like totally like the loser, like on the side, like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be, but have fun with it. Another, well, another thing I saw is that the town is offering adult volleyball. And I was Mm. like, Hey, I could totally be like 
a volleyball player. Like soccer is probably I this feel like the one soccer's be easier done, than volleyball. No, you know, soccer is a lot of running. So it's like, a, and it's like very, very high chances of harming yourself. Whereas volleyball, you know, you're still physically moving and it's fun. And the volleyball is like three hours. I was like, that's wild. Cause I saw the, the thing and it said from like 8 30 to 10 30, 8 30, 9 30, 10, no, two hours, two hours, no, 7 30, 7, it's 7 30 to um, 10 30. And then when, when basketball season hits, it's like 8 30 to 10 30, but that's like, that's like a lot of time playing volleyball, but at night. Hey, yeah. At the middle school. It's at the, well, it's in the middle school's right down the road for me. So that's so late at night, but no, I'm, yeah. I'm really excited for you for all of those things, the new job, school, soccer. I don't know which one I'm the most excited for. I know my anxiety is kind of rearing up though. And I'm really, I'm really hopeful for this new position and hopefully Just I get hired, me. but Yep. That's what we got to do. Yesterday I was in a slump and I was like, you know, I'm just really worried that I'm not really going to get the position and I'm really falling in love with it, but it'll be what it will be. And if it's not meant to be, then that's okay. We'll find something else. Okay. Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be like the tattoo on my rib cage. Word. <laughs> you dig? I dig. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll talk soon. Bye.